0: This is The Family Culture Project, Episode 70, What Worked and What Didn't in 2019.
1: We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love
0: and become the family you were meant to be.
1: It's that time of year again when many of us set goals and identify the things we want to change in our life. Goal setting and lifestyle shifts, especially when it comes to our family, can feel overwhelming. But guess what? It doesn't have to be.
0: Today, we are sharing with you a simple practice we like to do with each other that helps us set our sights on the upcoming year with less dread and more enthusiasm.
1: So typically, when we start off with our goal-setting process, we like to assess where we are as a family. Now, we did an episode a while back, which I'll link to in the show notes, about what it looks like to take time to assess where your family's at and the benefits from it. But we take a moment and look at the different categories of our family life, and we figure out you know, where are we at? How do we feel this area of our life is going? And why do we feel that way? Because if you can't figure out where you are now, it's extremely difficult to get moving in the direction that you want to go. One of the other things that we also do is we identify the areas from the previous year where we've had success so that we can duplicate that so that we can either continue in that process or figure out what it is that we did to have success in that area and then apply it to the other areas of our life where we're looking for growth and we also take the time to acknowledge the places where we've tried something that didn't work out quite the way we planned or where there's Goals that we didn't reach or areas that we didn't grow in because of inaction or because of not having a plan or because of not implementing it the way that we should have.
0: Well, you might not only do this for your family. If you think about it, you probably do this in work as well, Um, which is let's look back in the things when you do your year-end review like I just did. You actually look back and write down the things that were successful and, and, and when you actually Either look back at your notes, you think through all of the items, and you look back at it, and you say, wow, that's pretty impressive. So it's it's amazing how much actually happens in a year, I guess. And the same thing with the family. When we sat down and we looked at this, at first I was trying to think think through maybe there's not that much this year. And then I started writing things down. I got excited about some of the things that really did did work well this year.
1: Mm-hmm. Got
0: a little sad about the things maybe we still need to work on, but definitely got some encouragement from some of the things I thought worked well this year.
1: So not only does this process help you to celebrate your successes, it helps you to take the time to identify what was amazing so that you can actually acknowledge it. Um, Because oftentimes when things go well, we forget to celebrate. Um, But it also allows you, like you said, if you're a little bit sad about things that didn't go the way you wanted to, it allows you to mourn your losses. It allows you to just let it go, hold it with an open hand, and get excited about what's ahead. And really, if you take the time to really look over what went well and what didn't go well, you can learn lessons from it. And that's what we sat down to do is learn lessons from the things that went well for us and what didn't go well for us. And honestly, at the end of the day, I really think that it makes goal setting a lot easier.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think focusing in on and around the family, not every aspect of your life, is is important. So why don't I start off giving one of the things that I thought worked well this year, and then we'll we'll go from there. So one of the first things that I wrote down, which which funny enough, when we talked about it. Kim was on first thing on her list as well. Was was finances. So finances from a family culture perspective for us is very important. Um, being diligent with our money, how we spend our money, how we give our money is very important. Um, for, from a kid's perspective, this year we added our second daughter onto a budget, which gives her a certain allotted amount per year. We already have our oldest child on that, and 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 when I think back at how well our first child did, and now our second child. Um, I, I feel like that's been a success because I, I like seeing their ability to rationalize whether they go spend money at a movie with a friend or take a friend to a movie, um, buy a gift, buy something that's on sale rather than at full price. Um, it's really it's really encouraging for me for them to be making those decisions at this age so that when they're out of our house, they're going to be they're going to be good with this. Um, the other thing along with finances is our youngest, who doesn't have a annual budget yet, um, but he has budgeted categories. but he's been saving up for a phone. our our kids are not allowed to get a phone until they're thirteen, and he's almost thirteen. And so he's been trying to figure out ways and he ran he started a business shoe cleaning this year, and to just figure out how to get enough money to pay for his phone because, we actually make our our children pay for the phone and then pay for the monthly payments and/or the monthly payments um, required. And for him to do is a little bit daunting, but he started this business. It's been very, it's been run, going very well, um, and he's saved up enough money to be able to, you know, when his birthday comes in just a month, um, to, to get his phone.
1: Yeah, and you know, like Carl mentioned, that was one of the things that I had on my worked well list. And if I just add a little bit to that, one of the things that I think made the difference is that we, well, first off, we created a checklist of things that we would pay for, and then a checklist of things that they would pay for. So when the time came for them to make a purchase, they knew exactly where the money was coming from. Was it money that we gave them to budget? Or was it money that you know, they had to earn on their own? Or was it things that we were going to already purchase? Just having that written down was a big deal. Um, You know, just like in an organization, many of them have handbooks and they have places where the rules of operation, how we engage with people, how we engage with employees and customers and clients is written down, it's documented. And to have that as a go-to resource really helped us to hold the standard when there were opportunities for us to be emotional about purchases, we were able to go and we were able to say, no, this is something that you need to pay for. Or I've got this. This is something that I pay for. And just the process of consistently saying no to them when it came time for things that they felt like they desperately needed really shored up the culture that we have around money. And it taught it's taught them some valuable lessons when it comes to management of money.
0: Yeah, I love it because, like you said with this, more or less the list, but the consistency, I think, is important. Mm-hmm. So it's the consistency between each child. So you're not making decision for one child that you mm-hmm. didn't do for another child because, mm-hmm. you know, that's gonna that's a recipe for failure. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we are consistent in how we apply what we will pay for, whether it be a sports equipment or s- shoes or, mm-hmm. um, you know, basic essentials like underwear mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, Non-essential, really nice shoes, mm-hmm. the additional portion in which they have to pay for themselves. Yeah, all right. well, the second thing that I came up with that Kim, I'm sure will jump in on that she came up with as well, which was good. actually, the great thing about this this year is that we were on sync with the first the first three things, which was great. Um, was family dynamics and what I mean uh, between the siblings specifically, um, our kids are 12, 14, and 16, soon to be 13, 15, and 17. And it's just been enjoyable this year and seeing how the do- not only the daughters have connected and become very much, I would say, dare I say, friends, um, but they're very, um, they've are very they got a, a cute relationship. And um, I, I really appreciate it some of some of the things that kind of occurred throughout this year that that and last year and, and 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 the things that we've done all along to kind of make that possible but to see that coming through and the way they interact with each other has been fabulous
1: we've always done things as a family we've talked in previous episodes about how one of the things that we've cultivated is that our kids go to each other's sporting events and uh, we love to take family vacations together. And so the kids do get to have time thats that we've consistently had where they have encouraged one another supported one another and spent time together but as they're getting older um, earlier in the spring I started to on purpose allow opportunities for them to spend time together without us which I think was really pivotal to setting us up to where we are now where they want to hang out and they want to spend time together Um, I signed them up for tennis lessons in the spring and it was something that they gave me a ton of pushback on I can't even tell you it was like like I was doing the worst thing ever to them. <laughs> Cause they wanted to stay home and do nothing instead. And I was like, no, you're gonna you're gonna go do this. I signed you up, I paid for it, you need to go. And it was wonderful to see the three of them out there on the court together, having fun, laughing with one another without us involved. And so I feel like that set the stage for us to go into the summer and then into the fall where um, we gave them the uh, res- responsibility or we we allowed them to start going into New York City together. So they, they'll take the train in one to two times a week and they'll go to youth group um, at our church in the city. They have a campus there or they'll go in for church service there in addition to some of the activities they do here. And and that letting go and allowing them to spend time together, look out for one another, and be independent without us, I think these small little yeses and, and being around and facilitating that re- those relationships has really been fruitful. And it's exciting. I'm excited to see it continue to grow. All
0: right. Well, the third thing was a toss-up. The thing that I brought to the table was... As a win was exercise, believe it or not. So, I, I, you know, exercise is one of those areas that look, we're all busy, it's hard to fit it in. And I think this is a year that, um, where, where my wife and I used to try to do, at least in the summer months, running together. This year that didn't work out for various reasons as well. But I started biking this year, which I really wound up loving a lot. Um, and doing a lot of it. Um, my wife was is been consistently going to the gym, utilizing this new app that she bought that really helps her go through an exercise routine that she loves. My daughter, she has been going to the gym with my wife, but then also on her own with her friends. Uh, my son ran the 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 five mile run that we have at um thanksgiving every year that we've been running for the last i don't know eight years mm-hmm. nine years um he ran the whole thing with us and then practiced with us ahead of time as well so it, it's been it's been a year i would say of you know a healthier mindset like and the self-motivation mm-hmm. to stay you know active and and because here's the thing sometimes we dread going out to exercise or, or the thought of exercising but By the time we're done, every one of us have enjoyed the fact that we went out to exercise, right? Mm -hmm. It's always refreshing,
1: Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I think, too, we've supported each other in our individual pursuits. Well, I think we've created an environment where we have in our family culture that we pursue fitness and health and activity and movement, and now as we are growing, it's expressing itself differently for each of us. Mm-hmm. And so we still have that overarching theme of movement and getting outside and just, you know, being healthy and making healthy choices. But on an individual sort of it's it's getting fine-tuned as, as we grow into what we like to do.
0: Well, why don't you bring up the last what worked well in twenty eight and 2019?
1: Yeah, so my, my third one on my list was different than yours. I had traveled, and I think this might have been a win last year travel definitely brings us together it is always a reset for us it's when we see the kids connect more we connect more as a family but i think why it's been such a great thing and why it's become something that we've become known for is that we've just consistently done it so even in seasons when the money was tight maybe the travel for us has looked different than it than it did maybe last year or the year before but um we just keep doing it because we know how important it is to our family and I think also we are getting really good at planning these trips a little bit ahead of time so that we don't wait till we get cranky and stressed out and fidgety and needing a break and needing a release to like schedule a a, a getaway whether it's a local getaway whether it's um, you know, we've we've done our family retreats at a hotel that's 20 minutes from our house or whether it's just going up to Boston, which is 3 hours away, or taking a bigger trip, we don't wait to plan these things when we desperately need them. Well, I, we 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 kind of have been good about planning ahead for them.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's important to plan ahead, but it's important for us on some of the bigger trips we've done or really any almost any trip is that we think about the trip before we do the trip, mm-hmm. which means that we plan where we're going to go, what mm-hmm. we're going to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, not only the people that we might see, especially in a trip, say like Boston, but we're planning ahead mm-hmm. and and it, and it there's an anticipation in that. And the kids mm-hmm. enjoy it. Look, we, we're always having fun. And we're having fun together and we're going to what I consider cool places. Not mm-hmm. necessarily cool doesn't mean expensive. Just cool means cool, um, fun, enjoyable, tasty, whatever it is. But there's... There's many ways to even on a budget have a lot of fun and be well planned out and and do some cool things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and we we put a lot of effort into that, which I think makes these trips so much fun, which makes them always want to be on it.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I think I didn't even think of that. But planning is a fantastic way to create anticipation about what you're going to do together as a family. But what I love what it does about it is that it eliminates the stress when you're on vacation or on that trip or out of town, because you don't have to think of and come up with where you're going to eat, what you're going to do, what you're going to see when you're there. Yeah, you do it ahead of time, and and we don't. And a lot of times we don't even stick to the script. But the fact that we have it is fantastic. If we find a better restaurant that like we didn't know about, and it's like the perfect place to go in that particular area, we'll scrap plans and go there. But we, the fact that we have those plans just brings a piece to our travel and our time together allows us to focus on us each other our relationship and having fun and as opposed to like what are we going to do where are we going to go what should we be seeing and you know we we talk on this podcast and on our website a lot about what is your family known for and, and travel is definitely one of the things that we've become known for so much so that um, I have friends that often reach out to me and ask to have our itineraries for our trips because they're looking to go to the same place and they want to benefit from all the work that I've already done and from the experience that we've had and then I'm able to give them great feedback.
0: In an organization, regular team meetings are a given. They keep people informed, help them achieve goals, and ensure everyone is on the right track.
1: Weekly family meetings do the same. Not only do they allow you to see if you're spending your time and resources in a way that lines up with your family's values, but it also helps you approach each week with purpose.
0: To help you get started having weekly check-ins with the ones that you love, we've created a free family meeting packet. It includes sample agendas and discussion topics.
1: You can find the link in the show notes or go to the thethefamilycultureproject.com to get your copy.
0: All right, so that's what worked well. Let's get on to what didn't work that well. (laughs) All
1: right. Sounds good.
0: You start though this time because I don't really want to start.
1: Okay. So what didn't work well for us? Okay. So this is sort of a worked well, but didn't work a hundred percent. And that is cash envelopes. This is our, well, maybe our third year doing cash envelopes. We've always sort of been very, very mindful of budget. However, last year we got really serious about cash envelopes. And this year, I think we did a good job of staying consistent and only spending what's in our envelopes i mean there was a little bit of like you know here and there um but for the most part we stayed on budget and but what we didn't work for us was the anticipation of the holidays and how much money it cost to just number one buy gifts and number two all of the things that you want to do during the holiday season, whether it's see people or go to a show or um, pop into the city to see the tree, whatever it was that we wanted to do to fully participate in the season, we didn't have a separate budget for it. And that's what we needed to do is set aside what it's going to take above and beyond to have the kind of holiday season that we wanted to. And We've kept track of how much we've spent on our family members um, throughout the year. So we have an idea of what it takes. I just think we went into December thinking we were just going to wing it. And, and we won it. We, <laughs> we <laughs> did. We got um, a little bit of
0: a hangover, financial hangover. Yeah. Better.
1: But I think that, yeah, I mean, it can be as simple as setting the money aside, Um at one point in the year, all like the whole bunch of it, or it could be setting aside, you know, however much money we need each paycheck in order to make that happen. But we just, I don't know why, we, we've we done this several years in a row, we've gotten stuck and we just need to make that a priority, setting aside the Christmas budget.
0: I agree with that. Well, I'll say one of the things that I brought up was... And this will sound a little bit odd for us, but and I'll try to explain it the best I can, was not enough families hanging over. So one of the things that's important to us is as actually living in community and and making that real. And while I think we've had a lot of successes in between, I think that there weren't gaps um, where we had spoken about certain families and having certain families over and pre planning certain days and weekends where we could have had some more families over to either play games, you know, cook with us, et cetera, and just hang out. Um, we probably didn't do that as much as I was hoping that we would do. Um, and I think, I think one of the key, to me, one of the key changes that we could make is. Uh, you know when we do our um family business and and maybe inner binder or how how we're gonna do this is is have a list of of names and events so things that we could do last minute um mm-hmm. places the the website and anything to make it easy to go pull out the list and when we've got a gap of time that we didn't realize or a gap opens up like a game was canceled or uh you know, some sort of an event that we had pre-planned was canceled, um, we can actually just go to that list and kind of go down the list. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times we forget. Mm-hmm. I forget. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like, oh, yeah, we could have hung out with those folks or that family. And and I think we just need to be a little bit more diligent around the list of things and, and folks that we want to hang with and then just use that.
1: Mm-hmm. Pull it out. Yeah.
0: Hey, we got a gap. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, we mentioned this um really quickly in last episode about a list of family members or people that we want to get together with and um when we use it it's awesome. When we don't we often feel bad or not feel bad, but we kind of are like, "Oh my gosh, it's a missed opportunity." Cuz how many times do you see people run into people and say, "Oh my gosh, we totally have to get together," and then you don't. You never follow up, you never right. think about them when the time comes. And so I would say that um We've we've made some new friendships, which has been fantastic. But I know exactly what you mean in terms of like not really having in mind and being prepared for for opportunities.
0: So it's not a complete loss, but something we definitely want to work on.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So what also did not work for us this year was device management for the kids, and I would say
0: even for us a bit. Wait a second! I have a phone call.
1: <laughs> so um, we when we gave our kids phones, we did create a uh, contract and outlining how we want them to be used, how we don't want them to be used, but we did not stick to it. So we we've utilized things like our pack. We've utilized circle. Um, we've
0: These are things that help you turn their phones off. off or turn the apps that we don't want them using off. Yeah. Just to clarify.
1: Yeah. But we haven't exactly um Talked Stuffed about, up. yeah, the, well, there's some things we just haven't stuck with. So that's that's the honest <laughs> well, truth. Well, think about the one main <laughs> thing is
0: like, you know, that gap between when they get home, when they need to study and so forth, and, and that whole gap in between. Since sometimes our scheduling with the supports and everything else mm-hmm. doesn't allow us to kind of be there to police and collect. Mm-hmm. It just, it becomes, it becomes hard to be consistent yeah. because you're not consistent. Yeah. So, and I think we we could have done a better job. That's why we're saying it yeah. didn't work. But certainly, um,
1: so I think we I, need
0: to get better in that regard yeah. because the device is one of those things. It becomes an addicting type thing. I'm sure mm-hmm. everybody that has children or spouses know that the phone can become is a good thing in a lot of mm-hmm. ways, but mm-hmm. can become a a distracting thing, a, a way a way to pull you away from you know being more present with people. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, we want to fight against that as much as the phones kind of you know, make it more challenging for us.
1: Yeah. And it's not so much that I, I feel the need to police it. I want to create a rhythm where we don't depend on it. Um, and so revisiting that list is going to be important for us and our family's culture this, this upcoming year. What does it look like for them to have the phone in the car, um, at the table, which we would like them to have them in neither places? What does it look like when friends are over, when grandparents are over? Um, and even when they're bored, like, what's an acceptable amount of time for them to grab their phone when they don't have something else to do? So are we going to create an environment where there's alternatives or are they going to feel like that's all that they have and that's what they're yeah. looking forward to?
0: And I think a knock on to that, the next thing that I had on the list was, and let me explain this one, too, is not enough reading. Except for you, you knocked it out of the park this year, hmm. um, and and games, and 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 sometimes the phone is the distraction. It takes us away from those two items. Um, but we spoke about being a little bit more diligent about reading the same thing, and mm-hmm. and so where I was able to do some things with Aaron when we were traveling to soccer, but it's just the girls weren't involved, right? Hmm. So if we could do more. Consistent reading, especially on, on the things of developmental, and then talking about it and reading it at the same time, mm-hmm. um, and then and then again, not letting the phones distract when we've got a gap of time, pulling out a game and doing the game. We're pretty good at that, but we could have done a better job. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. There's yeah. certain times where I felt like, wow, we just sat there an hour on our phones. We could have. Well, played, we were just
1: happy that everybody was just we quiet. Game, we could have played games. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I mean, like, I, I, I sometimes just think back and I'm like, ah, oh, we could've we could have we could've just pulled out mm-hmm. Monopoly deal and mm-hmm. played a couple of hands. Or
1: even taken a ride and gone somewhere. Yeah. You know, gotten out of the house. Something yeah. to distract us from from the phones. Phones. All right. So last on my list, which was on my list last year when we did this podcast, um, was home projects.
0: <laughs> I hate home projects.
1: I actually like home projects. No, I like them
0: after they're done. I
1: just want someone to do them with me. So while I envision a Saturday morning cleaning out some space and the third floor...
0: I like when somebody does a home project and I just watch. No, no. And I envision us over. doing
1: these things together, and so we're <laughs> not on the same page as that. Like, um, that was cool. But last year, I I thought for sure that I would create my list of home projects and get my kids involved. And to be honest, there's nothing wrong with that plan or that idea. But when I was making my schedule each week and I was revisiting my goals on a regular basis, I was not revisiting this. I was not saying, okay. I mean, and then we're talking simple projects around the house. We're not talking like major things. We did a major so renovation. She says, We've cleaned a lot of things out. So she says. <laughs> <laughs> But um, looking at the list and just tackling maybe the easiest project first and like setting a time on my calendar and saying, guys, we're going to spend an hour on it. This for the next four Saturdays this month, we're going to spend an hour on this. And that's it.
0: Needless <laughs> to say, I've agreed to do more in this this year just to get out of the doghouse. Right,
1: right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I just don't want another year to go by where we're like, why do we have these CDs from when they were toddlers? Can we, like, take them out, put them in boxes, get them out of the house? Like, there are things that could be done. Um, Certainly, they don't have to be done. But I think um, I would like to do that. I just need to um, make sure that they stay important Doing the
0: finishing touches on this room that we talk (laughs) on the podcast on, which would be cool as well.
1: Yeah. You have one more?
0: No, that was it because um, I had the third. We were right on spot with, the, with that.
1: Oh, one. the projects. Okay. I'm surprised that was on your list. Since I you don't knew, want I to you do were projects, talk about
0: it I, thought, <laughs> I figured I'd get some brownie points if oh, I threw my that gosh. in
1: there. Yeah. All right. So we just want to encourage you um, if you haven't looked back at 2019 to identify the things that worked for you and the things that didn't, we think that you would benefit greatly from it. Um, this podcast was just to show you about, you know, we don't always get it right. Sometimes we get things right and sometimes we don't, but when we do get it right, it's because we continue to apply the principles of building culture, which is intention and small steps over time. And the areas where we didn't do that, where we didn't consistently show up, is where we felt that we felt short and want to grow more. So as you look at the things that worked well, consider what you can do to continue to do that and then to duplicate that success in the upcoming year. And when you look at things that you're unhappy with or you don't think went well, consider why it is and come up with a few small steps that can help you change that.
0: And to make this process easier for you, we've created a resource that is free to download that will walk you through this. You can do it on your own or with a partner. You can find the link in our show notes, plus it will be featured on this week's newsletter.
1: If you would like to connect beyond the podcast, you can find us over on Instagram. It's our favorite place to hang out and share the ups and downs of everyday life, what we get right and what we get wrong, too.
0: Plus, we share the family hacks that have helped us build culture along the way. You can find me at Carl Amici.
1: And you can find me at Kimberly Amici. Don't let the pretty pictures fool you.
0: Our family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com.